0: Publishing a book is a victory, but it's not the end. After you sweep up the confetti and wash the champagne flutes, what's next? Authoring Onward is the podcast about those steps after your first publication. Going from published author to having a long-term writing career. And that has no clear endpoints and plenty of ups and downs. But telling stories for the long term is so, so worth it sit back, listen, and together, let's author onward. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Authoring Onward. I'm your host, author, editor, and book coach, Connie B. Dowell. And I hope everyone had a great St. Patrick's Day. Um, Unfortunately, it was rainy here. I would have liked to, you know, celebrate out in the yard, but it was super rainy, Uh, But we had, we put on some Irish music. We had a little dance party with the kids in the kitchen. And it was fun. They enjoyed it. Now the rain has cleared. And I'm diving back into work on Evil on the Eastern Shore. And writing mysteries by the sea. So this springtime, sort of springtime, we did have snow last weekend. But sort of springtime is a great time to look ahead and, and write warmer weather. Now, moving on to today's episode, uh, I have another author interview for you guys today. And um, so this time is going to be a deep dive into like a launch postmortem. So I talk with an author who had a his book launch in 2020, and he's now, you know, some time has passed, and he's reflecting back on what went well, what maybe he would do differently, kind of pie in the sky dreams that if, you know, the budget had allowed or if circumstances had allowed, he would have done. And so I think this is a really helpful episode for y'all to listen to if you are preparing for a book launch, um, or especially if this is your first book launch. This might be a really helpful episode. So, without further ado, I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, today I have another lovely author interview for you all today on the podcast. So, welcome, Ed. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, kind of. Good afternoon. My name is Ed Diganji. I'm the author of a book called *The Gift Best Given*, uh, which interweaves two stories. The first is my search for the woman who had placed me for adoption at the time of my birth. And I started that search as I was approaching my 70th birthday. And then the second story is that of the woman who I found and the many surprising discoveries, uh, the greatest of which was that she had been a celebrity performer in the big ice shows of the 1940s and 1950s at the time of my birth.
0: Wow, so that is a heck of a discovery. Um, yeah, it was
1: quite. It was quite unexpected.
0: Yeah, quite unexpected. Um, so we're here today to talk um, a little bit about the the very recent launch of your book and some of uh, the kind of like a launch post mortem, or about some of the things that went really well with producing and launching the book. Some maybe some changes that you um would do if you were to do it all over um and correct some things that you might do maybe later so um you want to start with like um your process in launching the book and some of the some of the things that went really well
1: well you know I, the book was published in may of 2020 so at that point we were about two months into the pandemic and what I heard from lots and lots of people, especially if you were watching the media at that time, give it a couple of months, this will all be over. Hmm. And I I chose not to do that. I just decided, let me go plot ahead. And, you know, so that was the first thing that I did that was right. I didn't wait because I might still be waiting. Uh, yeah, I'm not a terribly impatient person, but I had made the effort to find an agent for the book. I found some interest which kind of evaporated with a little bit of time and I figured at my age, I, you know, life's too short to be sitting and waiting. So I I went ahead and I, I self-published and if, if I had one thing that I think I did really right, it was just going and doing it.
0: Yeah, so sometimes just embracing that moment is key. Um, Of course, that's something that we certainly could not have predicted that it
1: was a pandemic. No, absolutely not.
0: Going on and on. Um, But yeah, particularly in self publishing, people were, some people had more time than others. (laughs) Unless you had small children, then you had like way less time. But some people had more time during the pandemic to read books. Um, So, uh, So that was definitely a big doing something right, just kind of taking that plunge and going for it. Um, I think a lot of newer authors maybe wait a little bit too long to pull that trigger. Um, So what are some of the other decisions that you made um, in the production and marketing of the book that you think went really well?
1: Well, I I think the biggest piece save for, let's put it out there in the world, was I you know I went and I found myself a good good editor. And as I said, the book was written in two parts, uh, you know, the first being my story, the second being my birth mother's story. And when I sent it to the editor, it really was pretty much in that format. It was uh, I've used the tagline, a son's search and a mother's journey. Uh-huh. So it was book it was book one and book two. And she got back with me and said, I'm going to take some liberties with your manuscript. And she interleaved the two stories, you know, went from a piece of search with a piece of story and a piece of search with another piece of her story. And it just could not have worked out any better, I don't think. And, you know, and those, you know, the readers seem to, to embrace it that way. I think it's a much smoother reading, uh, Piece of literature than if I did book one, book two, you know, with that abrupt stop in the middle. So I was, I was very pleased. You know, that was probably the most significant expenditure in public in putting my book together. And you know, and I, I if I could tell a new author anything, is yeah, make the investment. It's it's a worthwhile thing.
0: Oh, great. I'm so glad you had a great editorial experience. Um, as an editor myself, I can't help but agree that uh, <laughs> yeah, it it really can make the difference in ways that you don't always expect. Um, so it sounds like you had someone who was very skilled developmental editor, um, which a lot of folks who are new to publishing, they think of editing and they think only of um you know, fixing the sentences and the grammar. And while well, that is a really crucial and important part of publishing, um, getting that kind of developmental feedback is, you know, that's a benefit people are not even thinking about um, if they haven't done their research. So
1: yeah, I was, yeah, when I sent it to her, I was very comfortable with the with the grammar and with the sentence structure. And yes, yeah, certainly she came back with a couple of, couple of places there where she said you might want to put it this way and here's here's my corrections but by and large you know the the great value is she just made it a better book you know by touching it in so many different ways and i'm yeah, i'm very grateful for that
0: yeah great um great so um i know that was one of like the big big Done rights and like book production, but what about um, some of the other decisions and?
1: Yeah, I you know I I try to self educate myself as best I could. mm -hmm. I'm a member of North Carolina's North Carolina Writers Network. Uh, The network does a couple of conferences every year. Our county has a a group that meets once a month, so there's some chance for education there. And, you know, and then also there's just a wealth of podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my first, yeah, the first ones I encountered were very much uh, genre-specific, genre writers and writing to market. And my, you know, my first impulse is, well, that's not for me. And I'm not sure I respect that as, as literature. And I've come to change my mind a good deal on that. But, but, you know, much of what I found there was just advice on how to self-publish. And in that process, you know, certainly there was Kindle Unlimited, there was KDP, and I made the decision to, to basically go wide with my publication. So the book is on KDP. It's you know, it's and Kindle is obviously a, a a super source of readers, but I also chose to um, publish the book with Draft2Digital. And Draft2Digital is an aggregator who will take your book and send it out to a dozen other places. One of the great benefits there is it wound up on Over Libby or Overdrive and on Hoopla. So the book has found its way into the library market. And that's been a positive. I've had a couple of book clubs that would only read books, especially during the pandemic if they were available on Hoopla. And that's, you know, that's made me popular with them or gave me entree where I, where I might not have otherwise had it. And um, I also published with Ingram Spark. And yeah, I think, I think every writer, you know, if they really think about it, wants the, uh, the ego adventure of walking into a bookstore and seeing their book on the shelf. And, you know, it, it didn't take a whole long time to realize that all the bookstores around the country were not about to order my book to put it on their shelves right away. And yeah, I, I have a number of stores which have done that. And they've done it because it was available on Ingram. Uh, several others have done it, you know, basically through a, you know, through a consignment agreement. So, you know, it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds. But really, when I, when I walked away from it, You know, the the dream of seeing my book on the on every bookstore shelf was really not a that's more ego than it is economics. You know, when you take away the price of producing the book and the discount you offer the the bookstore, there's yeah, there's not a lot left at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely more per sale when you're getting it through at other channels, for sure. And that is kind of a realization that every self-publisher has to come to when you finally crunch those numbers. And um, for one, it is even for like traditionally published books, it's hard to get um, wide bookstore distribution unless you have a huge marketing team behind you. But um, but having books um, that are printed through Ingram gives you that opportunity to you know liaise with bookstore owners and and do those kinds of things in a way that is much, much harder if your books are only printed from Amazon because bookstores do not like that.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I've got two cartons of book down, books downstairs. One is an Amazon carton and the other is an Ingram Spark carton. So, you know, when I talk with a, with a bookstore and I've got a couple of events coming up in April, you know, I'll, I'll take books out of that Ingram carton because, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah, because, yeah, I guess the biggest reason is they're not Amazon, but because they also have the ISBN number with the price on it and, you know, and everything that the bookstores want to see. If I do a direct sale off the tailgate of my car, you know, they'll more often go into the Amazon carton. And those, yeah, the two books, when you hold them one in each hand, it's the same book. You really cannot tell the difference. And the Amazon books are probably about a dollar dollar less per copy when, when, when you pay the bill.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, but it's important to research all those options. If you are planning to do print sales in any, um, any real volume, um, even for events, so.
1: Yeah, there, there's a world of information out there. You mm-hmm. just need to look for it. I think the other big piece that I did was I, you know, I built myself a website and in addition to information about myself and about the book, I made it possible to purchase both digital copies of the book as well as the print copies of the book off the website directly. And I've had a a very substantial revenue stream that way you can purchase uh, an autographed personalized copy of the book from the website and I, I do payment via PayPal and I you know I've got a, a Bluetooth card reader so if I'm out in, in person someplace I can take credit cards right there as I as I sell copies and I use Payhip to to sell ebooks and Payhip makes it super easy as well so you know I think both of those were good additions to a revenue stream.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's, you know, a neglected revenue stream for a lot of people. I haven't really ventured into direct sales myself, um, just not wanting to get into the hustle of it So, But Payhip obviously makes it really easy for eBooks. Um, you, how What's it like shipping out autographed copies? Um,
1: like well for my wife has designated herself the the shipping manager and you know when we get a copy in, i've i've got the you know we've got the wrapping and packaging materials everything goes out in a hard in a hard carton when you take payment by paypal you can do your your shipping labels and your postage right off of paypal so you know unless you have a a real onslaught of books and that's everybody's desire Uh, or onslaught of orders you know it's really a a pretty manageable process you know I, i you need some packaging materials uh just really then just kind of ironing out your process but you know during the launch of the book i was sometimes sending out 10 15 books a day and it took a little bit of time but it's you know it's well worth it you know certainly you you have the the benefit of of no intermediary there, so you've got the book in hand, and you know the difference between that production cost and the sale cost is your is your profit and is significantly better than selling through any other channel mm-hmm.
0: that yeah, that is definitely true um, so um, kind of tying back to some of um, what you mentioned before, like you mentioned, um, book clubs were one of your marketing strategies. Um, would you like to speak to that a little bit more? Because that's really interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to say that you know the the ability to direct sell, as you know, in the absence of having a a promotions manager for me or a marketing manager, has you know, has kind of forced me to go out and look for other opportunities. So I've sought out book clubs, I've sought out senior groups, you know, and there are any number of those civic organizations. And, you know, the probably the the craziest right now is, is coming in May, I'm going to be providing uh, discount certificates for my ebook, to uh, participants or registrants in a 5K race down in South Carolina. And the race is um, intended to raise funds to support parents who are seeking to adopt children. So it's an opportunity to, you know, number one, support a cause, but number two, drive traffic to my website. And I assume that there will be some number of people who who go there looking to redeem the coupon for the ebook, who look and say, hey, gee, look at that. There's, a, there's an opportunity to get a, you know, a print book as well. So you know, I'm hoping to see some sales from that. I'll actually go down that weekend to visit and, and set up at the race site. Uh, but again, you know, it's, it's all a matter about just constantly, constantly reaching out. Uh, the end of April, April 30th is Indie Bookstore Day. I think Indie Bound is supporting that. And I, you know, through the Southern Independent Bookstore Alliance, I got a list of all of the member bookstores, made up a mailing list, and basically said, are you going to have any activities around Indie Bookstore Day? If so, you know, is there an opportunity to participate? And pretty quickly, I got three responses back saying, we'd love to have you. And again, it's an opportunity to put your face in front of people, put the book in front of people, and yeah, get to talk about it. Hopefully, sell some books.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's a it's a lot of um, yeah, a lot of reaching out, a lot of ideas for for authors who are listening, um, to to think about, uh, particularly for nonfiction authors. But I think this could work for fiction authors as well. Think about like the issues that arise in the plot of your work Um, what tie-ins there are is there work set in a specific time period or place or um, one particular topic that comes up where you can find those other organizations and interests to draw people in
1: yeah actually I'm thinking I I believe you um, interviewed Landis Wade not that long ago and Landis has done a fiction book which was based on a historical event. And Landis has been wonderful, you know, reaching out to to organizations with an interest in history and an interest in what he's been uh, writing about. And it gives him an opportunity, number one, probably to to solidify his own knowledge of that history, but number two, to again go out and reach an, mm-hmm. a probably interested audience. You know, so there, there are opportunities both on the on the fiction and nonfiction side,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. So, we've talked a bit about some of the things that that you think really right, right with that initial um, marketing strategy. What are some some things that, looking back, you would do a little bit differently?
1: Yeah, th- there are a couple of things that probably really stick me. The first is, you know, when I when I published the book back in May of 2020, I started marketing then. Mm-hmm. it was it was publish the book and then tell people about it. And I really, knowing what I know now, I would have started months earlier. And I think I could have built some some groundswell and some momentum there in terms of expectations of the book. And you know, so I, I think part of you know part of what I've spent the past two years doing, is kind of catching up on those on those folks that I didn't find the, the first go round, and I think there were probably plenty of opportunities there. Again, yeah, you know, the pandemic threw a curveball to everybody. Could have been that I would have done a lot of pre-promotion, and then the pandemic came along and and just stopped it all in its tracks. But you know, as I as I plan for a second book to follow this one up, uh, you know, I certainly will be ahead of the curve the next time.
0: Yeah, yeah, so definitely you can start promoting your book um, long before it becomes a published reality. Um, so let's talk about, because uh, I know in some of our kind of um, conversations back and forth before this interview, uh, email lists. So when did you start an email list?
1: I started an email list when people started ordering books. hmm you know, so i say, so you know, certainly I, I have a Facebook page, you know, an author page in addition to my my personal page. And I was able to direct friends and relatives there. But, you know, you, I come from a small family, so doesn't sell a whole lot of books. I would like to have had more. So, you know, as people ordered books direct, I was able to capture information there. Uh, the people who ordered via Amazon,
0: yeah.
1: and the the handful that that went into a bookstore and said, "I want to buy Ed's book, I you know, I couldn't identify. So you know I've, I've had some thoughts back and forth about the appropriateness of a back matter in in the book, asking you, you know, number one, please send in, you know, click this link or or use this link to, to get on my email list and number two would you please leave a review if you like my book mm-hmm. and and you know honestly I've, I keep on going back and forth I think that's something that that seems to have found a home very definitely in in the genre fiction marketplace I'm not sure so much in the in the non-fiction as I go through the non-fiction I read I, I've not seen that before but it's something I'll think about the next time as I as I go through. But I do have a mail list, which is which has grown happily. And, excuse me. And, you know, probably once a month, once every six weeks or so, I'll, I'll send out an update newsletter. And, you know, it's, it'll talk about my activities, anything interesting I may have found in the, you know, in the search for, for my birth mother. And you know, that's been a continuing story is, in terms of what i've discovered about her or about family and you know and there's, there's been a great deal of interest there so i'm what I've, i'm working to do is just keep that you know keep the connection with my readers
0: yeah that's a that's a really powerful part of newsletter marketing is that you do keep that connection between books and otherwise People will forget um, before you come along with your next book. They'll have forgotten because you read a book and you put it down and you move on. Um, but yeah, newsletter like I would consider the you know back matter with even with just a very polite want to join the newsletter. Here it is because um, that can be it. That's basically just like free advertising for your newsletter. Right. Um, yeah, to an audience that's obviously stuck around to the end of the book, um, but uh, but yeah, it can be a really powerful tool even before your even before a book a person launches their first book. If you've got you know something even like a sample chapter to put up that newsletter subscribers could download and read, then right. you can start gathering emails.
1: So you know this, again, there's there's been fortunately a, a very deep connection, I think, between my readers and my birth mother. Hmm. Yeah, they yeah, there's been a real relationship built there, and everybody's very interested in in what happened next. And you know, and she got yeah, the book unexpectedly really became a homage to my birth mother for for the decisions she made and the sacrifices she made. So I, I think the you know the readers have has, have really related to that and, and they want to hear more of it. So that's that's what I'm working for, working on with this second book.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's great to hear that there will be a second book. It sounds really like a fascinating story, this combination of memoir and and then like her story as well um yeah so it must have been a really fascinating process to write and to revise that book um, yeah the
1: you know the fascination was just uncovering everything i did yeah. about her and you know and and unfortunately by the time you know by the time i had started my search she had passed away yeah. not that long before i started looking you know, she had a fairly long life, but i've you know in the meantime I've met cousins and and built relationships there so there've been some very very interesting stories and insights and there's a whole community of professional ice skaters still out there who you know who come from that era so yeah there have been wow. some great great conversations.
0: Yeah. It's a shame that you weren't able to, you know, that she would passed on before you began your your research, but I'm glad you could meet out with all these other people um, and, and get this connection that way.
1: Yeah. She married after yeah, several years after I was born and I've, I've met one, one of her sons who is still alive. So a half sibling on my mother's side and then through a DNA test found out the identity of my birth father and met a half brother on my paternal side oh. so it's this yeah it's the gift that keeps on giving it just keeps on rolling out here
0: yeah that has got to be a, a, a very emotional and interesting process um for sure um for sure so um looking back at the the book launch um what you think went right what you think it went wrong are there any kind of like new plans or like pie in the sky dreams that like, if you if you could have done it, what would you have done?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I published on a shoestring.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, my my objective in the beginning was, let me just pay back the cost of this book. You know, if, if money had been no object or less of an object, uh, you know, I, I think I would still do it. I would, you know, I would love to have had a publicist you know, somebody to reach out, you know, I've worked very hard, uh, you know, making the connections with the book clubs and the civic groups and, you know, and bookstores for events, things like that. And I've, you know, I've I've met several other first-time authors who who are self-published and they made the investment in that, yeah, in that kind of publicity. And yeah, I know that they have seen an awful lot more exposure than I have and probably with not quite the same amount of work looking for it. So, you know, I think that's, I think that's a terribly worthwhile investment, if Mm -hmm. you can afford it. Uh, The second piece, I think, you know, I've, a lot of my readers have come back and said, this needs to be a movie, just because they like the story so much, and it's it's largely my mother's story, Uh, you know, getting something turned into a a movie or an Amazon series is just a, that's a lightning yeah. strike. Oh yeah. But yeah, but what I, I think in the absence of that, I would love to to see the book as, a, as an audiobook. Mm-hmm. And right now it's just the cost of voice talent, the cost of production is, is prohibitive, but I, I think it would make a very, very good audiobook. So that's, that's mm-hmm. something to look, look forward to in the future.
0: Yeah, that is a much more um, realistic goal, probably, than, like, we all wish our books could be movies or, or series, um, but very few get made, but audiobooks are becoming more and more accessible to indie others, right. um, although there there is a pretty significant cost if you don't want to sign up to um, ACX's, like, seven-year right. contract, um, so that is the trade-off, but... But it is a more feasible goal. And audiobooks are really um, really gain, gaining momentum in the last couple of years. Um, yeah. And as you mentioned, pub, like the publicity thing, it sounds like you put a lot of legwork into it. Um, because we all do start that first book on a shoestring, for sure. Um, so yeah. But it, it seems like it has paid off quite a bit for all that legwork.
1: Well, it has, the book has sold nicely. Uh, you know, I was pleased with it. And I think probably the takeaway is I, you know, I've just so enjoyed the journey and especially the people who I've met. And yeah, it, the, the book has given me the opportunity to go out and meet people I'd not have otherwise met, you know, to visit places I otherwise probably wouldn't have gone. And, you know, then to just continuously build relationships around the book. And yes, I'm, I'm very pleased with that.
0: Yeah, great. Um, cool. So, thank you so much for talking with us today. Um, do you have any parting words of advice for our listeners?
1: I, I guess to a new author, you know, people say, how do I write a book? And I start. <laughs> just, just, just start writing. And then, I guess the others, how do I publish a book is, you know, put together as much knowledge as you possibly can and again start you just take that first step you know for some it's real scary I think the more you know or the better you've educated yourself probably the the less scary it is but you know it's it's a great feeling to get that proof copy back in your hands or your first print copy and and say look what I did the second part is then you start to worry will anybody like it yeah and it's just do it. You know, if you feel good about it, do it and do it for yourself. And my thought is that you know, ninety-nine percent of the people will love it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So just just take those first steps for sure. Um, well, yep. thank you again for coming on the show. Um, well, you
1: Connie, like, thank you.
0: Let folks know where we can find you and your book online.
1: Yes, the book is called "The Gift Best Given," and it's available on Amazon or from your local bookseller, or the ebook is ordered direct from my website, which is digangiauthor.com and it's D-I-G-A-N like Nancy, G-I author.com, And there's information about myself, about the book, and please sign up for the mailing list.
0: Yeah. All right. Thank you again.
1: Connie, thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it.
0: I hope you enjoyed that launch post-mortem with Ed, and um, if you're interested, head on to the show notes of this episode to check out the links to his website and learn more about his book. So um, that is all for this time, but I am lining up some more author interviews in coming weeks, and I am currently booked up on editing, but I am booking ahead for April and May. So head on over to bookechoescom services if you are ready to edit your manuscript in one of those months or months further down the road. So until next week, happy writing, folks!